Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Beth just said goodbye to her polka dot heels. Goodbye? She sold them on Mercari to Shelly, who gladly said... Hello. Just after she said goodbye to a set of bright orange cookware. Really, Mom? Citrus? They sold quickly on Mercari to Dan. Oh, these are groovy. Then Dan sold his rollerblades on Mercari. Bye-bye. I bike now. Which took us back to where we started with Beth, who said... Hello, rollerblades. Whee! Buy and sell almost anything from home with Mercari, your marketplace. Find it on the app stores or Mercari.com. I said, Miss Tyson, I love you. You're a big fan. I said, I'm a big fan. Can I get your autograph? She looked at me and said, not right now, nigga. I don't even know how to induce this guy. I can start off by saying he's my best friend. Uh, He's the president's DJ, the first DJ to ever DJ in the White House. Uh, He had. That's fucking cool. I read about that shit. This shit's sick. This shit's legit. It's crazy. And the wedding. And, and, and the I mean, uh, celebrity weddings, you name it, uh, hit TV show, pass the mic on BET, uh, without further to do, my best friend, my bestie, DJ Cassidy is in the building. Yes, sir. Yeah, thanks for the introduction, bestie. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome. Let's talk about the fucking variant. Let's talk about the no, variant. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, let's talk. Yo, this shit is crazy. I'm it, a COVID enthusiast. I'm happy to talk about the variant as long as you'd like. <laughs> Yo, fucking my, my kid yesterday, Van Alden, the guy that we gave big shout outs to in last week's episode, the Damon Dash one. He was at my house yesterday. And my kid is just like, I don't understand where this came from and why it won't go away. And Van Alden started explaining to my son that COVID is actually the Joker. Like, he had pictures of Bill Gates with the Joker makeup, and he was saying that is COVID right he there. Found, he found common and ground. And my kid now thinks he found common that ground. Like, that I said, listen, understands. COVID is a virus. He goes, no, no, it's Bill Gates. It's Bill Gates. Yeah, oh. It's, it's a crazy, crazy that's shit. Not, that's but, crazy. That's crazy. You know, uh, I mean, LA is like, we're, we're kind no. of fucked up again. People, people who are vaccinated are coming down with the shit. A lot of my friends are calling me up and they're telling me, they say, listen, do not take this shit lightly. I'm vaxxed. I've been out. I got COVID. I feel fucked up. Uh, wear your mask. If you're out in social settings, wear your mask. Be safe. Think about other people. Um, it's, it's just crazy. But it but, doesn't mean that you shouldn't get vaccinated because if you get sick vaccinated, it's a much different Well, obviously. I mean, I, I got the Johnson Johnson right away. I got it with him, man. We both reacted to it, too. You know, like we went with a third friend of ours who's like six foot five, fucking 240. He was like, nah, I don't feel nothing. Me and him were dying. Yeah. So. Like I had just started dating some girl. I was like, we got, we got shot up. Three of us, the one shot, go back to my house. Me and my friend are smoking cigars, laughing, everything's fun. This girl I just started dating came over. It was like 9 o'clock at night. It's chilly in here. And she's like, no, it's great. And we were, like, we were being bro, like arrogant chills, about it. Like, yeah. We got home, Ashley Benson FaceTimes us. She's like, do you guys feel sick? And we're like, Psh, no, we're smoking cigars. We're like, stop, it's nothing. Five hours later. Yeah, I was, like, fu- I was fucked up. Oh like, I God. wasn't like, I knew bad. I wasn't like, sick. But you felt like, so different. No, I felt sick, but I know it's not a real sickness. I knew it was an immune it was, response. It was unlike body. anything else yeah. I felt before. And you had no fear of Johnson & Johnson products? 
No. Well, I mean, I don't use baby powder. I hear, so I hear, I still I hear pros and cons about all three. But I mean, I except Moderna. Him. You don't hear anything bad about Moderna. That's no. Like, that, I that's got the Moderna. best one. I got Moderna. Yeah. yeah. Moderna, yeah. I, the first but with shot. with Pfizer, it's like, oh, now all of a sudden you need three more shots. So yeah. With Johnson & Johnson, yeah. it's, you know, they I was only adverse problems. to Johnson & Johnson because in the past few years they lost a multi-billion yeah, dollar lawsuit. Yeah, for the baby powder stuff, right? For baby powder causing yeah. cancer. The second I heard that, but I it was threw out women, every. Right? It was cervical cancer. I believe. But I literally threw out every Johnson and Johnson owned product, even the companies that they even the didn't create. Even the Q-tips. Even the. That's Q-tips. the only thing I oh, use wow. that they made. Even made the baby Well, I was. Shoes? I was using a Vino as my daily moisturizer. They own that? And they own Aveeno. Do they? And everyone in my life was like, I doubt they even create that. They Aveeno. bought the company. Yeah, they have nothing to they do with it. Yeah. I still... I don't I, like the packaging on I Aveeno. Literally so I literally stopped all Aveeno. If that company can, uh, can survive a lost lawsuit of giving people cancer and people still go to Rite Aid and buy that baby powder... I just made a decision not to buy anything owned by them, as far as I know. I mean, they right. probably own um, everything in my right. bathroom, but right. um, as far as I can tell, yeah, well, I, I just made a decision. I think that was an ingredient thing, though. You know what I mean? It's different when, like, a company knows that they are negligent and when a company doesn't, right? But can like, we be confident but like, they went all big these tobacco, years? Big tobacco – they fucking knew they were killing you. Oh, yeah. They've known for a long time they're killing you. And Killed so did my the dad. Teflon spray companies. Right. right? I don't know what do you about mean? that. Anyone, you, ever go, you ever go and buy an eighth of weed from any dispensary, it says on the jar, this product has chemicals that can cause oh, yeah. cancer. Oh, yeah. I know, but Johnson & Johnson is supposed to exude the feeling of health. Right. Any kind of recreational drug right. is not supposed to right. reassure you. Right. powder, baby powder product contains something. That cause cancer. Yeah, I don't think I don't they, think knew, they that. knew that. I mean, maybe somebody maybe. did that. What the right. fuck do but I, I don't only know matter, about it, but I'll, I'll, this is my homework for next week. But does yeah. it only We're not matter if it's malicious or does it matter? I mean, if it matters it's to me stupidity. as a consumer. You know what I mean? Well, those are both bad. It could be ignorance, right? It could be like right. But isn't that just everything's as bad a long-term as... effect, right? So, perfect example, which is probably not a good example, but it just popped in my fucking head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is we look at NFL players with CTE, right? Concussive injuries, this and that. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time. We have friends who are MMA fighters. The the game isn't around long enough yet to see the results of that. Over time, we'll be able to see, you know, what happens to guys because I, I don't. There haven't been that many retired fighters, you know. what I mean, right. we, oh yeah, they're gonna be fucked up. They're gonna be like, yeah, what's the guy named the, Hernandez? The, sport, the football the sport was, was right. I don't think the impact is hard. I think it's a much different kind of thing. But you know, let's say we find out after we finish this discussion that right. Dasani water has caused cancer. Right. I would never drink anything made by Coca Cola. Not even again. a cola. You have not a Coca Cola on a hot summer's day. If you're selling something, I go for a Canada Dry. If you're selling something that is supposed to represent health, water, baby powder, medicine, you um, are not allowed to make that kind of mistake. You would give up Fanta? I didn't know baby powder. I I didn't know baby powder was. You know, representing good health. I thought it was just well, fresh, smooth, dry skin. Smooth, dry skin, fresh yeah. balls. Yeah. You know I think I mean? anything for, good, for freshness good, good or balls. skin exudes health. There yeah. You go. Well, that's true. It's health and wellness. You're right. I used and to beauty. take baby powder and cover my bed with it before I go to bed. Really? Yeah. Really? 
Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, I haven't used baby powder just since fresh. I was a baby. Just, I, I like the freshness of it. I love That's baby awesome. powder. I love you know, baby You know oils. what I put on my bed before I go to sleep? What? I have this diptyque spray. That's what I have, too. It's this bed. From airwine? Base. Bro, the, it's, the like, base, it's like going to bed spray. with a beautiful woman with none of the arguments. You see, I spray it every headaches. morning. What's it called? None, none of the drama. <laughs> I, I got know. you. I'll send it's a like, bottle over there. Ask me that. Bro, my bed, when I get in my bed, bro... Fucking smells amazing. Yeah, that's so the one. I know. Use the base, the base diptyque spray yeah. in the bedroom from Air One. No, it's from Diptyque. Diptyque. Yeah, Raw put me on it. I've been using it for a better part of a year now. So you spray it before you go to bed. You spray it. It's you just spray it on your bed. A lot of sprays. There's right stores everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, right a lot of sprays you can't spray directly on your linens because it stains them, right? But yeah. the Diptyque spray, it's it might be a rose spray. I'm not sure. I got to check what it is. Oh, bro, it's, oh, dude. I have people come to my house because I also have definitely the, uh, this cancer. I have the room, what do you call it, the diffuser for my living room as well. Anytime people walk in my door, like, it smells like a hotel in here. It smells phenomenal. Yo, I have one in my car. I have a Diptyque diffuser in my car. It attaches hey, to Diptyque, like the AC. Holler at us. I just put those air freshener trees from the car wash under my pillow. That black ice. Bro, those you get that black ice. From the, thinks those, like, black ice from the like, AMPM. I don't like really <laughs> shitty smells. Cheesy smells. Fuck me. O'Neill thinks that. those trees are the epitome no, end all no, be all. No, of like, fragrance. No, a fragrance. No, no, right. no. I put them in my trunk because I like for the fragrance to kind of move from my trunk to my car. By the time it gets to me, it's very pleasant. Interesting. I mean, if you got like like thousands of them and put them in the trunk I think you had a dead body in there, so, uh, <laughs> the green tree you shit. see in a New York City taxi cab yeah. is Estee Lauder to O'Neill McKnight no it's yeah, not it's crazy man yo stop hitting my knee dude what kind of coffee what kind of coffee uh, do you like to drink very inviting like if you go out and get a cup of coffee you go to Starbucks me? yeah I've never had coffee in my life oh okay I don't drink coffee either really? no I'm no. a big coffee guy but it's funny man I said something like one of our cinematographers on like ballers I was like hey bro you Somebody's going to Starbucks, and he was like, Starbucks? Like, it was just as a real cafe, you know, coffee connoisseur. Like, how dare you? Yeah. And See, that's now I, I heard the Brooklyn in you. With Starbucks, I heard yeah. the Brooklyn. What no, part of Brooklyn? Flatbush. But I, See, was, but I was a kid when I left there. I was probably like seven years old. And then I, I'm like a Long Island guy, like South Charlotte, Long Island. And then I went to school in Manhattan at Parsons. The, the vocal tones between out. Brooklyn and Long Island can often yeah. um, be related. Really? Hey, yo. Well, I, I mean, they're only so. 20 minutes Hey, yo, apart, guys. You know? We're going to go out and you know, have a good time tonight. Hollis, girls. It's a, like, it depends on who <laughs> I'm sitting Brooklyn? with. You. Yeah. That's your Brooklyn? That's your Brooklyn? It's like my Brooklyn kind of like Rocky Balboa. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah, a lot exactly. of Rocky hey, in there. Hey, yo, hey, yo, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway. So listen, yeah. we got Cassidy in the building, dressed in pink. Um, and great. The guy's sharp, man. He's got great style. Oh, you're great. Whenever style. I see yeah. him on your, your IG, I'm like, this, guy, this guy's sharp, Thank man. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, I taught him a lot of things. Thank you. You did teach me a lot. <laughs> Not everything, but a lot. But what people don't know is that Cassidy and I go way back um, in New York City. Uh, Cassidy was a major fixture in New York City nightlife, parties, Diddy, every big event. Um, he was there. And, you know, Funny story, I met Casty without meeting Casty. You know, saw him in a DJ booth, thought he was Puerto Rican, didn't know he was Jewish. Um, and I moved to cut to, no, forget that, we didn't even make a record yet. We were in Miami, I think it was. He was yes. friends He was friends with uh, Fonsworth Bentley. They were down at the, the lows of the Shore Club sitting by the pool. And when I walk up, it was like, just just dudes. No hot, right. we're in Miami. No girl, just dudes, just all this Well, I had around. just broken up with my college girlfriend. Got it. Okay. Who's now my best friend, married with kids. Okay. Um, Weird. 
And um, he thinks that's weird. Um, and I was devastated. Um, and I went to Miami with my dear friend Fonsworth Bentley. Sounds like a very cliche thing to do. Go to Miami. <laughs> yeah. You just broke up with your girlfriend. Meanwhile, it's right. like me and him sitting on the beach alone, like just... reading books. <laughs> and so he goes, my friend O'Neill's going to come over. So, you know, the common thread here was Puffy. I had been already DJing Puffy's party since I was 18. At this point, I'm like 22-ish. And um, I met Fonsworth Bentley through Puffy, obviously. At that time, Fonsworth was no longer Puffy's, um, what word? Personal assistant. Caddy. Personal Net-Nally. butler. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was very much a character. He built this incredible character. Right. Yeah. Um, he was no longer that, but um, I knew him through Puffy. And so here we are recuperating from my breakup. Two guys on... On South Beach, literally reading magazines. Yeah, but what was what was his excuse? Like, what what was he? Oh, well, was he just feeling he your pain? He and I are two peas no, in a pod. Why, why is he just? Friend, yeah. No, why is he just sitting there reading alongside you? Yeah, I understand <laughs> you're suffering. Why are he supporting <laughs> this? Yeah, well, he should he should be like, yo, he was a good. He was a good. He was a good friend. I've had my but, heart ripped out. I've done the whole fucking. I just need some space. Chill out. Sit by myself. Not be troubled, you know what I mean? Yeah. I get that. Like, so he was just supporting you. Well, here's the funny thing. We're actually sitting on the beach. And and <laughs> Fonsworth, Derek, as we call him, says, we have to shake this up a little. And he goes to the hotel room. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is this guy going to do? And a half an hour later, I see Derek walking down the beach in a Burberry Speedo bikini and an umbrella and suddenly the whole beach is looking at him and I was just mortified (laughs) (laughs) and so he walks back and he goes I just called my friend O'Neill McKnight you need to meet him and O'Neill pulls up to the hotel later that night, and we're going to Puffy's house for dinner. Were you in your Burberry Speedo also? Absolutely. These yeah. guys are like <laughs> these guys are human thirst traps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like live action thirst traps. Uh, He's like, we need some attention, right? No. So you roll up. Now it's the three so of you guys. O'Neill rolls up, and O'Neill <laughs> brings this overly, overly, um, kind of macho male. I want to say chauvinist attitude to the to the trio. He is a sexist. <laughs> and I just want you to know that we on the cray don't support that, but it is we, are, we do support him. And so we get in a, so <laughs> we get in a taxi to go to Puffy's house on Star Island. And I'm still new to this, you know, 22, I do all those parties, but this is still exciting going to a dinner at Puffy's house. And we sit down at the dinner and literally I'm sitting next to Pharrell and it's that kind of dinner lobster, right. you know, every cliche in a good way that right. you can imagine this dinner is. How many yeah. people? 25 yeah. to 35, you know. Right. How, um, many course, how many courses on the menu? A dozen. A dozen courses? Yeah. A, dozen. a dozen That's like, that's like two Ital- Those are two Italy-like meals. Yeah. No, it's one. It's one real Italian meal. Um, so O'Neill comes up to us, me and Derek. Pharrell's on my left. <laughs> and um, Derek's on my right. O'Neill comes up and goes, can we curse on the crate? Yeah, of course we curse on the crate. Okay, just making sure. So O'Neill comes up to me and goes, I'm out of here. They ain't no bitches. <laughs> and I say to myself, isn't that your wife? I, say, I wasn't married then. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. A long time ago. <laughs> I wasn't married then. I say to myself, what? And he goes, yeah, they ain't no bitches here. And I'm looking at like, this is the coolest place you could possibly be for dinner and this guy's leaving 
because there's not enough girls here. Right. Yeah. And that was my first impression. Yo, of Damon wouldn't even show up. No, listen, Dame, listen. Dash said totally last is. week, he goes, I don't hang out with you because I don't want to hang out with dudes. I just want to be around women. Listen. That's it. And so I didn't like O'Neal. Just finish the story. I right. didn't like that energy. And a year later, we were best friends. Oh, is that true? You guys end up we becoming hated, friends we, after we, that we awkward hated first impression. We became friends. Well, we and, realized and, and, we were really like... Similar. In an odd, like... In a different uni- way. In a I like that. universe. We sometimes realize, sometimes we you gotta butt heads to like realize. In a completely opposite you know, way. Like, Yo, this guy, no, we I were really like two women. And I, of course, couldn't Macho see women. It. Macho women. No, he might have seen it in me. I didn't see it in him. O'Neal, for those listening, is way more um, sensitive than anyone could ever imagine. Way less um, of a macho guy. And um, way more of a metrosexual than anyone could ever imagine. No, I, so I'm super we, metro too. Like, like level of Steve Levitson, my buddy, will always say, uh, "It's like it's, you know, it's like a crazy combo of just, you know." New so York once we chipped away at that, we realized that he was Blanche and I was Rose, and we were two of the Golden Girls, them. and we became best friends. And Can I audition for one of the other ones? You could be B. Arthur. I love B. Arthur, man. She was the she was like the straight down love. She was, B. Arthur she was like the quips. alpha of the group. She's like, ma, yeah. you know, yeah. she that, that yeah. So because you, you know B. Arthur would actually fucking crack somebody. That's the difference. That's the difference. That's like B. Arthur. Yeah. Like if the four of us were Golden Girls, for sure you are B. Arthur. B. Arthur. I want to be B. Yes, Arthur. There's yeah. no audition. Yeah, there's you no are audition. B. You are B. Arthur. What did you say? Yeah, you're still getting. I love it. I love it. That makes me like what the the older one. Although she was younger than all. She was younger than all. She was in makeup. She was in makeup. So it works. You're the youngest one on. The there you go. right now. It works. Yeah. So we met, didn't like this dude. Listen. But you guys, so you guys don't hang for the rest of that trip that he's in Miami. I know, that was over. That was over. I was, <laughs> and let me ask you, right, but let me ask you. So you're sitting there at this dinner. You probably chewed out Fosbury. Like, who is this prick you brought to dinner last night? I wouldn't have left if they were <laughs> serving fried rice. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what I was going to ask. What I was say is you're going through this breakup, right? You're sitting with Pharrell. You're having like polite conversation with him, right? I'm assuming like, hey, hey, talk, talk. Now, do you tell Pharrell you're going through this breakup? And if you do, what advice does Pharrell offer you? <laughs> I, I didn't. I actually didn't tell Pharrell. But sitting next to Pharrell was Jamie Cullum. Do you know who that is? Uh, he's no. he's a young jazz blue white soul musician, and I didn't express what was happening in my life to either one of them. But I do remember me being in this intense conversation with right. Jamie. He was more my age, less of a star. So I was like, okay, let me connect with him. I'm still young, trying to feel, you know, this right. whole scene out. And I remember like you need kind of confidence. You're saying in terms of confidence, yes, being it's able to gain, fit into this. Yes, it's right. building my confidence right. that I'm speaking that you to someone here. who's yes. a little yes. more on my level. It's not Pharrell or Puffy. Right. Right. So, um, and so Pharrell is sitting in between us, and I do remember this vividly. And there's the only other thing I remember vividly about dinner. Pharrell kind of interrupted the talk by asking one of the servers across the table for a Welch's grape soda. Yeah, that's hysterical. That's the only other thing I remember about dinner. That's funny. Because, you know, a lot of people, man, they go through breakups. They just want to talk to anybody. They'll just be in an elevator. Oh, hi, hi. I'm going through a breakup. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, like, that it's, normally is me. No, Cassidy I think is. the environment had me somewhat, you know, struck that right. I was. Cassidy break up and want to go on a trip. So do do you think you seek out relationships that won't work just so you have a reason to travel? A reason to travel? No, because once my career took off, it gave me a reason enough to travel. I've seen well, the world so luckily go, how, enough how do you because of my craft. Now? 
with all your traveling? How do you? Well, and do you even want? What kind of relationship do you yeah, want? Yeah, I've been in a relationship right now with my girlfriend Kelsey. Um, I think we're in our fifth year. Um, I don't think um, I'm certainly no expert on relationships. Um, I don't think um, you know twenty four seven three sixty five togetherness is the foundation of relationships. So I never found my travel um, I mean, to be an issue. In many cases, it helps, gives us places to go right, and right. fun things to do. And when my girlfriends of the past have been able to travel, they do. And when not, not. Right. Um, you know, I think all the corny things that we hear about, I think, I think um, you know, that a relationship is built on um, A, commonalities, loving to do the same things. Not all the same things, right. but having things that you love to do together. And, of course, the number one, um, I would say, is um, um, trust. Um, and I think um, you know, being out of town doesn't affect yeah. those two things. If I anything, think like it's friendship. Helped. I agree. I think the commonality—it's like friendship. You know what I mean? For me, for me, it's always just a vibe and a connection. I mean, it's—it's it's, it's led me yeah. to some really wonderful, wonderful places. Yeah, you know it's mean? all you know, about the vibe. Just had some just tremendous success <laughs> in my relationships, but some of them have produced some amazing things. My kid, you know. So, yeah. but but I agree with you. You know, the trust thing for me is always kind of like. I mean, people say that. I don't know. Can you ever really trust a motherfucker? You know what I mean? Can anybody ever really trust anybody trust on no this planet? One. Yeah, like I mean, I was dating girls like I don't trust anybody on this planet. And I was like, God, you're so jaded now. Yeah, like, oh, not, you know what? Yeah, that's you not. Can't, that's not you can't really not trust anyone. Yeah, that's, you can't. That's just, you can't yeah. live like Well, I think that. you yeah. could trust that's... certain people with certain things. I don't think you can trust everybody with not. everything. Yeah, you know, like the world just. Well, Fucking, the world's gotten crazier, and it's made I think people everyone crazier. has a different tolerance for different levels of deceit. No, 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 JB. I would really like to know why. Why did I have to drive here and figure out how to park? Because you know me, driving any car is a disaster, and you got to stay in the comfort of your own home. I thought virtual hey, interviews were that is. Hey, that's what you build a home for. You build a home. They say home is where the heart is. That's what they say. I'm just feeding off some of those uh, metaphors people always say. Shit. <laughs> home is where the heart is. I, I didn't know we were home. still allowed to pandemic stream. Yes, I would have done this, uh, you know, in some it only, it only works if one <laughs> of the guests is, is with is, us. Is legitimately yeah. upset that he's here by himself. So uh, the next okay. time you come on, so his, I made it possible for him to be lazy. Yes. And you know what? Next time you'll be the Zoom guest. You should have made it possible for me to stay home. When you yourself, in your present form, walking around the earth as yourself, you can't see you. See, you can't see yourself. I'm tripping now, the fuck with out. Zoom, I can see how fly I fucking look sitting in my backyard. <laughs> you, you can't see yourself when you're walking around. You can't. It's, it's um, impossible. It's impossible. So you're sitting home, and, and we're broadcasting right now, and I can see you guys. You can see me, and I can see me. And I can see me, see me. Right now, my Zoom is looking at me, see me. There you go. There you go. Zoom's not looking at hey you, me. seeing me, seeing you. Hey, hey, me. So basically, next week when I bump into JB, he's not going to know who I am. I'll be like, yo, I interviewed you. He's like, oh, I wasn't looking at yeah. you. I was looking at me. <laughs> no, but it's, it's great. JB, I was just telling uh, uh, Sean and Rob, I met you via Cassidy when we were doing the, uh, the comedy show. 
and and, and yeah, yeah, and, right. And, and we became friends. And Casty, he holds us over my head. He said, "I, I kidnapped you and, and and became your friend." No, you just uh, you heisted him. I heisted no, him. I told I told O'Neill, I'm never introducing him to a friend of mine again, especially a famous one. <laughs> you see that you know shit's, what? that shit's only whack when they go do fun things and nobody invites you. Because that's you know, that's look, where it hurts. Look, everyone likes having a famous friend every now and then, even famous people. Yeah. It's cool. You go to a restaurant with JB Smooth. Oh, it's JB Smooth and DJ Absolutely. Cassidy. I introduced these two. I never had that moment again in my life. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was in time I was in Times Square with JB. Everybody was screaming, JB Smooth. I felt great to Somebody said, in Webster, they called me. They, they, they were like, it's J.B. Smoove in Webster. And not like, even Emmanuel. <laughs> Webster. Webster. <laughs> hey, man. That's great. Sometimes they tell, they always tell you, man, sometimes you got to, you know, sometimes you expand your friendship from in, internally sometimes, you know. And, and, and that was an internal uh, move right there where we all get a chance to still Enjoy each other, man, and enjoy uh, our lives, man, together and our journey together, man. Because we, I remember when we watched, um, I remember I called y'all fools and, and y'all came to my hotel room and, and we watched uh, the Curve. season, uh, the season, the, the first se- uh, season opener of Curb that night. And we sat in the hotel room watching the first one of Curb. We was in there dying. Dying. We, we thought it was the greatest times of ever, ever because it's just, Friends getting together, watching Kirby Enthusiasm. It was so damn funny that we all hooked up that time. And let me tell you something. I was a die, diehard Curb fan before I met JB. And I don't watch TV. I don't watch anything That's my favorite new. show. It's my favorite I mean, show on television. I mean, the Curb. last show that I watched that was new before Curb was probably um, Small Wonder. Um, small one. Was, yeah. that, was that part Never of the NBC of block? <laughs> was small, that like Boy Meets World? NBC block? Summer yeah. Block 98. Oh, no. Small Wonder was 20 years before Boy Meets She was a little girl. The robot. robot girl? She was a robot girl. The robot girl. The robot girl. Oh, okay. But the oh, robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. All right. But, but I was... So, it was like a high-tech punky booster. <laughs> yes, exactly. A high-tech punky booster. So I was obsessed with Curb, and I met JB through a Russell Simmons show. He was the host... The I ruckus. was the maestro. The ruckus. Yeah, it was called. It was called Russell Simmons the presents the Central. ruckus. Um, um, it was an incredible stand-up um, show, and um, I met JB. He was the host. We hit it off. We became friends, and uh, exactly ten years ago, 2011, um, the season Crazy. season um, um, you know premiere, um, and he invited us to his hotel. And I got to tell you, watching Curb. With JB, I was just about to is say. a whole different experience. That's, a whole different experience. It's a whole level, different experience. Right? Oh, hell yeah! Because you're watching Curb with Leon. Listen, first of all, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Watching like, any <laughs> any anything with any of the people who actually make it, who are in it, is always an interesting kind of experience. Particularly since you know that there's a way they're kind of looking to you, how you're reacting, responding to it. But hell yeah, you crushed it on that shit. No, you can't. And, and and then you get a chance to hear the behind the scenes stuff that that, that people are exactly. not privy to. Right. Yeah, I'm telling them all kind of. Uh, you know, uh, additional scenes, alt, alt scenes that didn't make the cut. Right. And and I'm telling you, there's so many things that don't make the cut right. that are just as funny because you, know, you got to change it up a little bit. Right. And, right. and once Larry figures out what what to, what's funny, and then he he stops laughing after the third time you did it. So you know that you know that's when that stand up right. You know, and stand up kicks in. And I said, okay, 
I got I got to change it up a little bit so I give him another version. Well, you guys, you guys, are, one, yeah. just it's just all outlines, right? Because I, you know, I work with Larry yeah. Charles for a long yeah, time no too, script. Like, and they like, would just outline the episodes, right. and then it's just kind of yep. just jumping into that process. And did you know when you first like when the storyline when you, like you and Vivica and the whole storyline come into the show? Did you know that you'd be like the main character moving forward after that? I, I did not know that. I did not know anything uh, what the future plans were for my character. But that's going back to what we just talked about at the top of the show. Yeah, was you know that thing where sometimes you don't do it on purpose, but sometimes you do it on purpose, which means you have to in life. It's just a matter. Of, it's just what life is. Right. Sometimes you got to take a job. Sometimes you got to take a friend. Sometimes you got to take a girl. It's just inevitable that exactly. somehow, even if it's not purposeful, you have to find a way to uh, let yourself shine, and and you got to be there uh, to answer the door because right. they, they always right. well, say, just, yeah. not. So, so right. Jamie, See, you about the opportunity and a little bit of the rolling the dice and yeah. a little bit of luck. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. all that Because I mean, now, now when I watch it, I can't even picture Curb without you. No, like, you exa- are exactly. It's hard to remember the episode exactly. without you. Exactly, prior. and that's what I want to ask you, JB. What do you think, like, where where does the magic JD come from moves, with you and Larry? Yeah. Because I feel like, I I feel like when I watch you and Larry, it's like Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor. Yes, you, you, mm. you, you know what I mean. It's perfection. So, yeah. Like, where do you think that? Ma- like, where does that magic come from? Why does it work? I, I think it's one of those things where you know it's it's a it's a take off of basically what life really should be and what how people really should be, which is accepting of the differences that we have and being able to laugh at it and enjoy it and not make it a part of your life. How, how does what someone does in their, in their life affect you so bad that you got to hold them back or you can't let them have success or they can't have a home. They can't have anything because you see them a certain way. And I like the show because, you know, as cringeworthy as people say the show is because it, it Larry hits on issues that people really don't want to right. discuss right. or don't want to be a Speak part of. On, right. This show, you know, what makes Larry and Leon work so well is that they accept each other, you know, and I had no idea I was going to be, you know, uh, a part of the next season and the season after that right. and the season after that. I had, I had no idea coming in, you know, coming in, you know, into the show. Also, my <laughs> favorite show, like Cassidy it also said, my favorite show also before I got on the show. So how, how did you get on? That, how did you get on the show? Like, how did that come to exist oh, for you? How did that opportunity oh, that, present itself? That, that's one of those. That's one of those long stories. You already know. It's like you know. It's 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 again. It's 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 meeting these opportunities that you have no idea um, where they came from or how, but somehow you had to be prepared for whatever was coming your way. Wait, JB, am I wrong? Doesn't doesn't this story involve the song "This Is How We Do It"? It does involve the song. This is how we do it. Actually, what happened was, you know, I was at SNL. Uh, I was a, a writer on SNL, performer, and, you know, uh, I did, I did warm-up for SNL, and I was there for three seasons. My fourth season, I didn't get renewed, um, and I was, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, uh, my next uh, my next venture. And what happened was I ended up firing my whole team, basically. Man. I just I'm, – I'm good, I'm good at knowing uh, – at, at having confidence in what I do to the point where I'm willing to make a chess move sometimes just to see what's next for myself. And um, I ended up uh, firing my agent who also rec- 
you know, uh, who also um, had a bunch of people from SNL on his roster also. But I knew once I fired my agent, I was going to not return to SNL because you don't have anybody to speak up for you to right. keep you a job. Right. You know what I mean? So I was willing to take that chance. I said, you know what? Let me change it up a little bit. And then actually, uh, my wife told me I was going to be on the show. She said that, uh, you know, I could see you and Larry together. We were watching this show one day. She said, you're going to be on that show one day. And then, then, oh, and then crazy I'm telling you, all this man. happened. All this happened from SNL not being renewed season four of SNL, my season four. And moving on to my next venture, and it all happened so fast from SNL to, to get me and my agent to uh, my wife, Sam, on Beyond Curb, to my buddy, OG Pierce, who, who actually produced the song, This Is How We Do It, you know, passing away, you know, and me coming to L.A. for one day just to pay my respects for him, wow. coming to L.A. for one day, uh, meeting my new, I signed with a new agent before I left New York. Came into L.A. I said, well, while I'm in L.A. for one day, I might as well meet my new agent. I go meet my new agent. You know, an agent comes in there and says, how long are you in town? I said, man, I'm just here for one day. My buddy passed away. You know, I'm going to go and pay my respects for him. They're having a little jam session for him at this club on Sunset. And, man, let me tell you something. He said, I got an audition. I said, what's it for? He said, Kirby Enthusiasm. I said, get out of here, man. That's impossible. I said, it's impossible that Kirby's my favorite show. My wife said I'm going to be on Curb. My buddy passes away. I come to LA for one day. I'm not. I'm no longer contractually obligated to SNL. I'm free as a bird. I want to get back in front of the camera, as opposed to being behind the camera, writing jokes for SNL. And I said, "How's this happening?" He said, "Can you go right now?" I said, "I can go right now." I get over there, man. It's tons of my friends, my comedian friends, in that room, ready to go in for curb. I said, "Okay, they got everybody coming in here." I said, "Okay," and I do this process. I do, and I tell. Uh, I don't tell everybody to do it. But I tell everybody to try it. I always go in the room as the character. I don't go in the room as JB and then have them tell me, okay, you ready, JB? And I got to turn the character on. I go in there as the character. I went in there with my head tilted, my hand on my chest, scratching my chest like Leon does. You know what I mean? I did all the look, the, the, the look around the room, you know, to see what's popping. You know, I did all that, you know. I walked into the room. I said, uh, they, they, they said, okay, JB, you're going to improvise with Larry. The, the whole show is improvised. Right. So they said, you're going to improvise this scene. They gave me three scenes to do. We picked two of the scenes out of the three. And man, let me tell you something. I walked up to Larry, and this is exactly what happened. I said, okay, Larry, let's do this, baby. I don't know, man. We're going to improvise. I might, I might fuck around and slap you in the face. I don't know. Anything can happen. <laughs> and Larry looked at me like, if you don't call security and get this fool out of here. <laughs> I ended up, <laughs> and we ended up laughing. I actually posted my audition on my Instagram and we laughed our asses off that whole audition. I mean, we had, we had laugh breaks where we, where Larry had to walk away. Cause I just think that I don't know how the universe works, but I do know that somehow you prepare yourself for, you know, and I've, I've been improvising in my stand up forever since I started stand up. I've been improvising. So I, I think what happens is you prepare yourself for whatever it is that's waiting for you. It's when you, rush it is when you step on toes it's when you burn bridges that right. you fuck everything up right because you, you're you gonna either get it when you're not ready for it or you're gonna be so impatient about it that you're gonna you're gonna insult somebody and you don't even right. know why your phone stopped ringing so larry and i did our scenes i left out of there went to do another show out of town and you know uh, they gave my agent a call and man literally um 
you know, I, I had to go right back from my show, basically back to L.A. and do and do some scenes before the holidays hit. And man, it, it's so weird that I've been improvising my whole life, man. And I think that was what was waiting for me right. the whole time. Wow, opportunity to do right. something like that. And um, you know, even our first scene together, Larry said it felt as though we've been working together for years. That's what it and feels I say, like you when know I what? watch it. Yeah. We we in my head we have been working together for years because I already knew you've been watching them for what, so long. Yeah, I already knew what it was that you know that my sensibilities my my timing all the things that i always worked on as a comedian as an actor and and i I guess also you know that snl experience also played a part because snl is live tv right right. you learn a that's a different muscle that you just acquired and you put that muscle in your toolbox until you needed it you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we all put things in yeah, our I toolbox. Think, I think you need you need to have like an improvisational background and, and any kind of acting just to just get used to being in the moment with it, even if it's scripted yeah. material. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I tell young people all the time. I said, I tell people all the time, take the improv class, Always. no matter what it's you do. The same thing I said. You, you can right. improv. You could be a realtor, and I swear you would be able to adjust to people's energy. And Impact. what they said to you and right. bounce back because you just acquired a skill right. that a lot of other realtors don't have. The ability to change and be in the moment with this and person listen. trying to buy a new and home. And actually or listen to, to another right. person. Exactly. And, and, speak, and speaking, yeah. on the, speaking on the improv thing, because you've coined so, so many terms throughout the show where I'm like, yo, I know he, he just impro- improvised that. Like... Who's someone in particular, you know, because now in the last few seasons, there's a lot of big names that are coming on for yeah, an episode yeah. or two. Who's someone that came on that you were like, oh, wow, his improv or him his, him or her improv game is amazing. I didn't expect that. You know, like who is there anyone in particular? Oh, man. You know who's dope? John Hamm is dope. That was a good episode. John, John Hamm so fast, man. He's like, oh, my damn, it's too fast. You know, I like fast because it, it allows me to, uh, you know, to jump on a different pace car. You know right, what I mean? Right. John Hamm, dope as hell, man. That's cool. You know, and you know who was really dope, but he passed away was my good friend, man, Bob Einstein, man, Funkhauser. Funkhauser. You know, I know, I know he's already, he, he's a fixture on the show. Yeah. But when I met him for the first time, man, I was like a, a schoolgirl, man. I'm like, this is my dude right here. This is <laughs> this is super. This is super day. Funkhauser. This is super yeah, day. Super day. Super day. Man, and I'm telling you something. This dude. When I tell you, people don't even know the magnitude of how amazing this dude's career was. Right. Was writer. I mean, Sanford yeah. and Son. You name it. All those amazing shows. This dude was a writer on he some of those shows, man. He was on Sanford and Son. He was a writer. His he's damn stories. His damn his brother. Oh. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. His damn stories. Let me tell you something, man. Really? And, and yeah. also, I believe. Know, his, just his span of what he has done in this industry you know, it, it is, I mean, it is absolutely above and beyond anything I expected to hear right. when he would tell me stories. And I said, man, I told him, I said, man, he was telling me a story every day we would sit down. I can't remember all the stories, but it, it, it was so many of them and so damn funny. And every time he told me a story, I would say, man, that shit didn't happen. <laughs> that, that ain't no goddamn well that happened. <laughs> he would say, yeah, it, 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 it did happen. You, 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 know, I mean, so what? you know what's so crazy? Going back a little bit. When you were talking about like preparation and being prepared and being ready, I'm gonna switch it off to Cassidy. You picked up turntables and started DJing like ten years old. Your 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 parents got you the equipment. So, do you think 
or do you know at that moment you were going to be the first DJ that DJed in the White House? Did you know that you was going to be this international DJ? No, wholeheartedly no. I had no intention of doing any of the things I went on to do because <laughs> there weren't really many people doing those kinds of things. I asked my wow. parents for turntables and a mixer because I wanted to take part in uh, um, hip-hop. I was um, in love with hip-hop since as far back as I could remember. And, um, you know, I tried rapping. I was actually pretty good. I was actually pretty good. Um, and I wasn't quite the breakdancer. But um, <laughs> um, I was enamored with Grandmaster Flash and Cool Herc and Africa Bambata, Jam Master J, Funk Master Flex on the radio, and so many others. And I asked my parents for DJ equipment, and it became my life. It was what I did every single day after school. It was what I did every Saturday, every Sunday. And it developed into my career because it was all I did. And there was nothing else to my life. I was actually very one-dimensional. And in many ways, I still am. And um, I try to wear that on my sleeve because it's contrary to what most people do. Most people try to, um, you know, exhibit um, how eclectic um, their um, but it was obsessive. Uh, the interests it was... are. It was obsessive to the point where there wasn't much else that I wanted to do. But prior to that, was there a void, or were you busy? But then discovered this and said, I "Well, I was with always into music, that. and I was always into hip hop. Right. So there was never any sports. There was never right. any comic books. It right. was all music. Oh, I never got into the comic book shit either, man. It was all music. Oh, I love comic books. Do you? <laughs> yeah, he I still like does. Rich. Every Tron Richie movie. Rich I, don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. But um, and so I DJed every possible thing I could as a child. Right. I DJed every mm -hmm. little school function, everyone's birthday bar party, every bar, bar mitzvah, every junior prom. Damn. Anything wow. that people would have me, I would get in a New York City taxi. Um, 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 I would get in a New York City taxi cab with eight crates of records, and these were before the metal crates, yeah, yeah. milk crates, and yeah. I would go with a parent to DJ one of these parties, and then at age 15, 16, I went alone. I had a friend come tell so me with young. the crates. How do you have such a repertoire of like choices? Like You know, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like You weren't doing any throwback shit, so everything had to be super current, right? Everything was current until my late teens. You know, what I did as a mm. young kid was... Um, I studied the greats. Right. So um, all the DJs who I just mentioned, Flash, Herc, and Bambada, I realized in my research early on, and JB can tell you this because he lived a lot of this. I was a fan. JB mm -hmm. actually went to a lot of these parties, heard a lot of these DJs live. He can tell you about that. I didn't. So what I learned was – you know, I don't know, reading the Source magazine, listening to Hot 97, um, you know, yeah. going to record stores, <laughs> picking things up. And I learned that those three guys, Flash, Bimbot, and Herc, they weren't playing hip-hop because there was no hip-hop. So they were creating hip-hop when they started yeah. by playing soul, funk, disco, rock and roll, reggae, everything, and creating hip-hop. Um, and so that fascinated me. So that made me want to research and go back. Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, even just listening to, to, to the big DJs of the time. Yeah. Just listening to, um, you know, to Funk Master Flex on the right. radio. 
the DJs that I admired were never just playing the records of the moment. So right. putting all this stuff together, by my mid-teens, late teens, I was now going to the record stores downtown in New York City that sold um, 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 old records. That right, sold, vinyl. Um, well, um, it was all vinyl at the yeah. time. But there were stores you went for new vinyl. Right. And there were stores you went for old vinyl. Gotcha. And now I was going to those stores, Bleaker Bob's, House of Oldies. Um, and wow. I would literally let each record cover guide me to right. the next, which is a lost art now. You know, now right. we don't have that because no one reads the credits on iTunes. They are there. Right. But who reads them? Really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, they are there. You have to click sense. around to get them. Wow. Of course. And wow. you can find any That's information you want yeah, on the internet. This everything about yeah, everything it on makes there. perfect sense on the screen. Yes. yes, and I think yeah. if you download a song, it's imprinted in your iTunes, but you know who's reading that? Right. When you yeah. had a yeah. vinyl cover. Yeah, you were flipping that You didn't read it because you memorized the back. Right. Now you didn't read it because you were a student of music. Most people read it because it was fun. It was part of what you did. You right. read it while you listened. Right. You looked at the pictures. Well, I was the normal that plus a student of music right. trying to learn. Hell yeah. Now yeah, you graduated. Yeah. No, I know from- growing up. Wow. Just, I was going to say growing up, <clears throat> yeah. listening to 70s stuff, like getting the album and it'd be like, you know, inserts in it and there'd be like, you know, lyrics and pictures of the band. Yeah. 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 All this information. And back then, you know, you did just pre MTV, obviously pre internet. Yeah. You know, you are not on a fucking information highway at all. You know, you're on like That's a true. de-information right. highway. Right, and even when it you went – To get that, you were like, holy shit, right. I'm engaged. <laughs> and so even in the CD era, it was better in a sense because right. it came with a booklet right. that, was right. always, was. Yeah. that was always bigger right. than any insert. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I would read these booklets and literally right. just all this together – I wanted to be an encyclopedia. I wanted to play all music for all people yeah, all man. over the world. That was my motto. And this path really led me to the soul music of the 70s and 80s. And I right. fell in love with that. And wow. somehow that became So you became found a your big... genre in that, like the things that inspired you most and influenced you most. Right. And somehow playing soul music from the 70s and 80s led right. me to the greats of hip-hop right. more than hip-hop gotcha. did. So, J- so, so, Jamie, what's your favorite album? Like your favorite five albums of all time that you know no matter where you are no matter what you're doing oh man five five i'm still i'm still i'm still like fascinated because you know hearing cassidy mention very very quick but but feeling what cassidy um mentioned about how those legendary djs they were creating something in the moment so they couldn't they couldn't feed off anything you know you know and he and and i was Actually, he's correct. I was at a lot of those major, big, you name any big concert, any big major concert, uh, as far as the heyday of hip-hop, I was there. And he is right. They played everything. I remember going to battles in block parties, like straight-up DJ battles, where cast would stack up speakers on each side of the equipment as high as they can go. They had the, who had the loudest system. Wow. And and they played everything. I remember it was a battle one night and um they played um uh, uh one crew one crew went and then the other crew had to go and they played um We will we will rock you boom boom before they came out 
let me tell you something. Crowd was going crazy. Half the people didn't even know all the lyrics, but they knew what that meant was right. it was battle time, and these cats was going to do it. And you had to, and, but respect, the, you know, I know it's my friend. So I, I, I know his process, and I respect his, his path and how he has uh, been so amazing in his space. He is creating something also that he can claim and be, and be his in this route through the journey of music, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as the music, man, I go across the board also, you know? Um, I, I throw stuff in there like, uh, what's going on, Marvin Gaye? Yes. I'll throw yeah. stuff yeah. on like, hey, I, just, just to make it interesting, I'll throw the first Kanye album in there just because I loved it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Prince, uh, Purple Rain album, Ooh, you yeah. know? Yeah. I throw Curtis Mayfield in there. I throw something like that in there. Little fucking I throw Teddy Isaac Hayes in there. Mm-hmm. I throw Isaac Hayes in there. I, th- I can go twenty if you want me to, right. but you know, it did, you have to go by what you know your sensibilities are and what uh, what moves something. And things that to me are timeless, like what's going on. You can play what's going on right now. Yeah, you know, if what's going on never came out. Street. Oh, if what's going on never came time. out and someone put out what's going on, it still is relevant. To what we are dealing with today. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, I mean, there's no Vietnam War right now, but there is a war. In these streets. In these streets. Some kind of war of course. going on all always. So you, you gotta go by what music like my wife, she my wife Shaw is a musician and a singer, and she loves cranberries, uh Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins. Yeah. You know, she likes worldly music, you know, and I can appreciate worldly music because right. you know, there's stuff that you only want to hear in a stadium. You'd be like, God damn, this is stadium music right yeah. here. Because yeah. it has yeah. different sounds in there that, that, that the trained ear has got to pick up, you know? So, you know, I'm inspired by so much as far as music, different types of music, you know? That's dope. So, yeah. so, so, so talking about creating, and, 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 and J.B., you got something on your jacket. Uh, J.B., talking about, you know, you we creating. We got a story about him taking things off me. Let's come back to that. Oh, yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, That's cool, stuff. man. That's a good friend. A good friend doesn't let you sit there with fucking fuzz on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, because I'd, I'd look at a motherfucker, too, and be like, brother, you got a little lint. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. No, but talking yeah. about creating, I just want to get set the record straight with, with, with Cassidy. During the pandemic, during lockdown, uh, Past, Cassidy was one of those people that created something that grew legs, became his own thing, and he sold it to BT, and it's called Past the Mike. And a lot of critics out there, and a lot of people were, were, you know, they leave comments. I can't believe that that you know BT gave this show to him. BT did not give Past the Mike to Cassidy. Cassidy created the show, and and he did this amazing thing by uh, showcasing some of these legendary talents. And giving them this platform to for a new generation. So I want to tap into that. What made you do it, and why? Well, um, it was last April, and I was FaceTiming with my friend and mentor, Verdeen White of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, very grateful to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, we normally go to dinner once every month or two. So I checked in on him, and it was late one night. And then my Sonos started to play That's the Way of the World, the Earth, Wind, and Fire song. So I'm holding my phone, looking at Verdine, and he starts singing along. Hearts of fire, create love, desire. Very casually, like, oh, my song's in the background. Now, it would be like lying in bed, FaceTiming with JB, and your TV's on, and Curb comes on. Right. Right. If that and doesn't move you, it, right. then you're not human. Right, right. 
right? Right, right. If that doesn't make you feel something. Right. And I would say this to JB, no matter how close I grow with you, at any moment, if we're ever on the phone and Curb comes on and you're on, that still that still will always give me a certain right. feeling. Right. Yeah, yeah. You don't right. grow out of that. And I've explained this to many people um, who understand and who don't understand. Someone can be your hero and right. you can be in, in, in complete awe of them. Right. And they can be a very close friend. Right. And you can have them simultaneously. Yeah. Right. I never thought when I was a child I'd be friends with Russell Simmons right. or Dougie Fresh right. or so many of my mentors. Right. When I used to watch Curb prior prior to meeting this man, right. I never thought JB and I would just be friends and go to dinner and talk on the phone. Right, and, right. Yeah. and you don't have to get rid of holding someone on a pedestal yeah. because of but their it's, art. But it's interesting because right. we started talking about this pre the show. Mm-hmm. You know, most times they say don't meet your heroes because you get disappointed. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I've had right. more so disappointments. I've ne- right, so I haven't. Right, I haven't right. that's so amazing. So I've never subscribed either. to yeah. that. Yeah. Um, the only but, per- I, but I, in, in fairness to me... I've liked some fucked up people. <laughs> I've admired some fucked up motherfuckers. You know what I mean? So, you get what so I at, set myself up for that. I don't want to go. Yeah. When I, I tell you, when, when I say this was one of my boyhood heroes, you go, what the fuck is wrong with you? You expected him to be nice to you when you met him? Yeah. <laughs> I've only been disappointed once by somebody, and it was Michael Jordan. Really? Yo, I heard he's tough, man. Michael Jordan. I, I, heard I saw really Jordan tough, in a, I saw Jordan in a restaurant, and you know, I grew up. From that era, the Chicago Bulls, the Jordans, you know, the first $100 sneaker, the, the, uh, the Jordan ones. And, and maybe I was a little too excited. I don't yeah. know. And I ran up to the table. Maybe I shouldn't have been talking over his food. Maybe. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan. I can't believe it's you. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. I just want to shake your hand. And I reached out my hand to shake his hand. Put out your hand. You, you, you. He did this. He didn't spit. No, right? Look, hold your hand. He did this. Oh yeah, he shaked. He shaked my index finger. Okay, so hold on a second. So hold on a second. I was, I was in like twenty something. I was. I I thought you were like nine. (laughs) So no, 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 listen to this. Yo, that really sucked, bro. How you treat a nine year old like that? (laughs) Yeah, like I was thirty two. And you short already. You probably was right next to his suit. You probably was like his suit was right there, eye line. So no, no, no. But listen to this. Man, all in my suit. I've never heard that story from O'Neill. And obviously, as we said earlier, we're super close and have been for many years. And before you said that, I was literally about to say, I've never been disappointed by my hip hop heroes, but the only person who ever disappointed me was Michael Jordan. Wow. Now, I was 12, not 20 something. Okay, excellent. I was in LA uh, with my family. On vacation, and and my dad calls me and goes, Michael Jordan's in the lobby bar. Come downstairs. I was twelve years old. Oh wow! I was wearing the what Jordan- hotel? Beverly Hills Hotel. It's important. I don't I remember. I don't remember. Details. It wasn't the Beverly Hills Hotel. The Peninsula. Is it with the working girls? The it definitely Beverly wasn't Wilshire. the Beverly Hills Hotel, but I don't remember <laughs> where it was. And um, um. <clears throat> It could have been the St. James Club, which is nice, now the nice, Sunset, yeah, Tower. Sunset Tower. Yeah. Um, so um, I come down in Jordan 11s. Now, the Jordan 11s were the patent leathers, but it wasn't the patent leathers. The summer of the 11s, they made another Jordan that they called the 11s, 
but they weren't pat on leather. They should have had another number. They were the ones with the concrete snakeskin and the netting. Oh, those and they cool. were yeah, low yeah, with yeah, the yeah, netting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah, of okay, so the white and gray with the netting, the but cements. they were the, yeah, the yeah. cements, but they were the elevens. And I walked right up to him. He was talking to someone and I was like, Hey Mike, could you sign my shoe? And he said, I'm sorry, I'm eating. And it wasn't so much the lack of signature because people do have certain things. I can only sign so many basketballs or shoes. I don't know. Right. But he was rude. And – but I met him later in life and flipped it all around. And my memory of my – Yeah, he came up and he's like, can you play Don't Stop Believing? And my memory memory totally changed. But you know what? I'll tell you what I learned from it because I took away something. I didn't walk away maybe in that moment, but I didn't walk away later saying I'm no longer a Michael Jordan fan. I realized that you don't know what it's like to walk in the shoes yeah. of someone of like that. Yeah, of course, of course. And the amount of people and kids course, asking course, Michael Jordan to sign a basketball or a sneaker or say hello yeah. you know, is an overwhelming thing that I could never relate to. And I actually never held yeah. anything inside about that. So um, I tell the joke – you know, um, um, uh, um, um, I tell the story more as a joke, but it was the only time where I had a moment where I didn't get what I wanted. Right. But speaking of hip hop and to take it back where we started, I've never had any moments with my hip hop heroes. And there's right. something about hip hop. I think it's more about, but just I think it's more about the flaws, and yeah. I think that's what they mean is when they say like, yeah. "Be careful yeah. about yeah. meeting your heroes," because what what it does is it usually humanizes them, right? Of course. Like I joke about it, like you know, I was telling you before the show, like I grew up, I like idolized Mickey Rourke, and that yeah. we were gonna yeah. work together, and I was like, people, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? But like, I I still have mad respect for Rourke's early work, the shit that I grew up watching. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the inter- yeah. But I and think it's you know it is the flaws and the humanity. Exactly. And you go, oh. They're not the icon, I imagine. They're Meanwhile, people. look at me. They're I'm humans. like this now because I learned it from the DJ. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to wear my headphones anymore. I just want to talk like this. Like no, I'm a fucking no, NASA fucking. There's no way to do it. You know what? You know what? You know what the, the thing is, they're human. And sometimes they they're are, tired. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they get mad. Sometimes they get arrogant. The coldest shit that ever happened to me, I was having dinner with Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson wanted. A girl's. O'Neill says I was having dinner with Michael Jackson. Yeah, just uh, like, I mean, we thought. Yeah, it was like yeah. FaceTiming and with Virginia White. I was lover. having dinner with Michael Jackson. We say these very things as if they're no, no. Uh, you know, so, normal. So, but so, everybody uh, goes through that. So I'm, I'm having dinner with Michael Jackson. This, <laughs> this, this Moroccan or Egyptian girl Michael is into, and he wants to get her number. And this little guy who's with Michael in a suit uh, Michael was like, "Oh my, oh my God, this girl's gorgeous. I want to, I want to get her information." So I'm like, "I'm ready to work." I, I signal the girl. The girl comes over. The guy who's with Michael, he out of nowhere pulls out a piece of paper and a pen. I never forget this shit. And he puts it down on the table. So Michael's talking her up. She's fanning out as Michael Jackson. Michael's like, "You come to Neverland and we can watch movies, Ferris wheels, and all that shit, right?" So Michael said, "What? Let me get your let me get your number." And the girl's like, 310-555-1212. And he's like, mm, okay, okay. He was like, can I get that again? And she was like, 310-555-1212. And Mike, and Mike just looked at me from the corner of his eye and said, O'Neal, you know the pen is not going to write the number itself. Hope <laughs> <laughs> oh, for you to do it? And I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, oh, no. He, he literally, he didn't even turn his head. He's like, 
O'Neal, you know, you know the pen is not going to write the number itself. He was like, get to work, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's hysterical. That's what he told me. He was that's like, so I'm Michael funny. Jackson. I'm not touching shit. Yo, but was he really into that shit? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. You were tied with Michael? Yeah, I was cool with Mike. I was cool yeah. with Mike. Yeah. How cool? Yeah. Cool enough to know. I, uh, cool enough. Cool enough yeah. not to believe right, right. Rob since yeah. 20 years. No, I'm after just curious, man. Yeah, no, I'm just curious. I'll say this. I didn't hang out with him a lot. The few times I hung out with him, I felt like. He was like all I, about the girls. I, I, I felt like I was hanging out with a, a straight up and down dude. Really? You know what I mean? Who just fell in, got, became the biggest star in the world, grew up in Hollywood. Yeah. He was a real dude. The shit he would say, it would be like, oh, okay. Like. Oh wow, you're really like a person inside yeah. there. Like you're not yeah, like, this, yeah. like this this fairy tale type person. Yeah. You're like a real dude. And he was acting like a guy. But when he said that, it was like, oh shit, like he's aware. I'm Michael Jackson. I'm not writing <laughs> shit. Yeah. You get to work. Right. And right, I right. And, 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 and then it would look weird with Mike holding a piece of paper and a pen to people on the outside looking right. at him. Like, Can you oh, imagine? Yeah. Oh, How long ago was yeah. this? And this what, was, what was that again? Yeah, what was the area code? Him 2000, this might have been like 2003. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It was a, it yeah. Was a, it was a long it's time ago. all the iPhone uh, all, shit. All that shit. Well, he died before iPhones, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, see, he I'm died. 2009. Maybe around the see, same I'm the opposite. I, I, I don't, like, if it's someone I love, I just don't, I don't, I don't fuck with them. I feel like, you know, <laughs> like, like you said, I, I, I feel like if, I don't want to, to feel disappointed. Yeah, right. So right, I'd rather right. not feel it at all right. if I if I am disappointed. Right. Like one time I was in Detroit doing this commercial, and we and we stayed in a hotel. And um, matter of fact, and they were doing um, I guess Dream Girls or something. It was Whitney Houston. Right. She was doing that. I guess it was, was, was it Dream Girls. Yeah. Or, or was no, the other it was one? Uh, no. Jennifer Hudson did that, right? Uh, was it, What's uh, the other movie? A movie. The they Bodyguard. Were doing, um, not the Bodyguard. No, no, no. 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 It, it was a singing movie. It, it, and Brandy was in it, right? Uh, and so, um, oh, what, what, it's a remake. Dream, it's a remake dream, of that old movie. Dream something, right? Was not it? Sparkle, not Sparkle. No. Sparkle, Sparkle. Was it sparkle? I think it was Sparkle. Okay. I think it was Sparkle. Okay. Maybe okay. it might, might have been Sparkle. The Deer and, Hunter. And they were in town in the same hotel, and and we had to come downstairs and meet in the lobby in the restaurant for the pickup. And man, me and my uh, opener Hugh Moore were, were 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 standing there, and um, and he said, "Yo." That's when the Houston in front of you in line, the one the lounge in the restaurant. And I said, I leaned over, I said, Oh shit, that is Whitney Houston, right? And he was like, <laughs> tap on his shoulder and say hi. I said, Nah, I can't do it. I said, Man, I love Whitney Houston. I said, I fucking love her, man. I love and that's another album you could put on my list too. I said, No, man, you don't understand, Hugh. I fucking love Whitney Houston. I said, if I tap on her shoulder while she's talking to her her, her people, when she turns around, and, and as upset, I, I would be it would ruin me. I said, nah, I can't do it. I said, I can't, I can't do it because it's a normal reaction when someone you don't know right. touches your shoulder, especially yeah, yeah. a Hell woman. Yeah. It's a woman too. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, he said, man, he said, do it, man. She'll know who you are. I said, she might not. I said, what if she don't know who I am and, 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 and she's offended that I touched her? You know what I mean? He said, man, she'll know you. You know. You know, that's when he used it, man. Man, you know her. I you should have no, said, bro, you go up and tap his shoulder <laughs> said, and make the introduction. No, he he <laughs> said, man, she'll know you. I said, nah, I, I'd rather just let her enjoy her time. You know, she's with people. She's having a, she's in the middle of a conversation right in front of me. I just stood there. I said, nah, I'm going to let it go. You know, and then 
I felt bad. Then the day she died, I felt like, damn, I wish I had met her. Fuck. I wish I would have been as smart as you because I was in New York City in the supermarket and God bless her. I saw Cicely Tyson in the oh, supermarket man. and she had a head wrap on her head, big sunglasses and I tapped on the shoulder and she was startled. And I was like, Ms. Oh. Tyson, I said, Miss Tyson, I love you. You're a big fan. I said, I'm a big fan. Can I get your <laughs> autograph? She looked at me and said, not right now, nigga. Oh, no, she oh, didn't. Oh, fuck. No, she did not. <laughs> <laughs> no, she <laughs> Yo, What? And that, what? And that my friend, and, and, and that, what my friend, was one of the greatest roles Ever. <laughs> the ever. Fuck yeah. Put that on a, put that on a list. Yeah. That right there. Yes. Shut the fuck up. Did she pass away? <laughs> Yo, she passed away. Fuck, man. We got to get her on, man. Yo, yeah, I can't even. Motherfucker. On That's true. Class. Yo, she did That's that to me. True. I swear to God. I, I swear to God. I was fucking oh, I'm dying. I'm fucking Yo. dying. That's Yo. the sickest story That's I've ever heard. Oh. 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 Around, and she was in Ooh. character because you know all her movies like she was talking like this. So listen to me. Da, da, da. JB like, just said like she's probably she's probably no. I know. said besides, I tapped on her shoulder. She turned around. She's like, oh. I was like, I'm a big fan. I love was, you. I need your autograph. She was like, not right now, nigga. She was in character, man. She was kind of. <laughs> she said, right now, I can't find oh, the, Neil, the marinara stop sauce. Stop going up to the and, and you sitting up here tapping my damn shoulder. They ain't got no marinara sauce on this show, <laughs> and you tapping me right now. I can't even focus right now. Not right now. But, but, God, but it's a very That's interesting exactly conversation. It. What what I love most about your Whitney Houston story was was the punchline, which is you wishing in a way that you had. Because, you know, I have lived my life the complete opposite of you in that moment. All All I ever dreamt about as a kid was my favorite rappers knowing my name. So when you talk about what I thought, I never thought I was going to DJ for them. I never thought I would be the first DJ to play at the White House, first DJ to play at a presidential inauguration, all the things I've done in my career. You did Jay-Z, Beyonce big. wedding, right? Wow. I did Jay-Z and Beyonce's wedding and you know many, many other um, epic nights that I could have never imagined in a million years. For Jay, for Beyonce, for Puffy, for um, Oprah, for Naomi Campbell, for um, anyone that I could have ever imagined, the, 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 the future reality was too big for me to have really thought about it at age 10. But I wanted Tretch from Naughty by Nature to know my name. I wanted Q-Tip from A Tribe Called Quest to know my name. I wanted Run from Run DMC to know my name. Not to hire me to DJ or to be on my show past the mic 30 years later, but to maybe see me DJing at a club or something and come and give me a pound. Right. So I always took the leap of faith to walk up to everyone. I don't think I processed it as complexly as the J.B. Whitney Houston story because yeah. I wasn't an I'm adult. I'm with J.B. I'm the same way, man. Well, I, I, I think I think in many senses it's it's you know the safer bet because I think it's crushing. 
um, if you're really a hero. Yeah. I don't. I can't do it with women either, man. Like I don't go up to girls. <laughs> like I, I've never done that. Nah, like, I'll do like, it. I'll do it. I'm just like like I need to be pursued. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, that's the bear white. white. That's the bear white in him. That's the bear white in him. I Maybe it's just insecurity. Classic eyebrow raise, like. Like 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 when someone raises their eyebrows, that means hey, it's like yeah. hey, that's, yeah, what yeah, right. yeah, that's what I do. That's what I do. You need a signal. You saying you need <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, if I had that, if like if like Pump a woman makes- looked at me across the bar and she went like that, I'd be like, yo, that's like I'm but, good to go. But, but, but let me tell you something. I should have instead of the Michael Jordan story because I think we all when we tell our Michael Jordan stories, I think we all kind of feel deep down that we're okay with it because he's on such a level. We all kind of understand the snub of the shoe signing and the ball signing. So we tell the stories of Michael Jordan. I don't think any of us mean like we don't fuck with Michael Jordan because of it. But let me tell you something. But let me tell you something. I've been snubbed by my favorite comedian twice in my life. Chevy Billy Chase Crystal. is a complete asshole. Well, after everybody says okay, that so guy's Chevy an Chase is an asshole, but every time I see him, I go up and do it again. I do not care. Hoping that he'll erase I, the past. No, and, I just and... don't care. I went up to Chevy Chase <laughs> like this time, eleven times JB. the charm. Eleven times the charm. JB, were you at the SNL 40th anniversary party at the Plaza Hotel? Yes, I was there. Okay. This party. Yes, we were there together, remember? Right. So I just we, want to we, tell you something. We got a photo. We hung out together for a little while. Right. So I just want to tell you. I DJed Oprah Winfrey's school opening in South Africa, New Year's Eve 2006. Wow. I DJed both of Obama's inaugurations at the White House. Barack's 50th birthday. First Lady Michelle's 50th birthday. Jay-Z and Beyonce's wedding. Kim Kardashian wedding. Um, 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 Jennifer Lopez. Which one? You know, yeah, that's which, right. which wedding? Yeah. Divorce party too. <laughs> the you know the list goes on of the iconic nights. When I tell you this 40th birthday, I was a guest for 40th anniversary. Saturday Night Live 40th anniversary sure. Plaza. To, I was not DJing. The reason I listed all those parties was to say I could be jaded, right? Like right. there's no party right. I'm going to walk into and be like, But this Holy was shit. just packed, man. Holy shit. Wherever right. you turned, it was like JB, Paul McCartney, Chris Rock. Uh, Chris just, was up in there. Every, Eddie you Murphy show up. name it. Every actor, musician, yeah. and you person there, of right. cultural significance right. and not in the VIP section. Right. There was no VIP section. Like, the there would have been a right, normal yeah, person section, section yeah. for right. 20 people yeah. put you right. in a room yeah, and leave right. you there. Right. It was okay. amazing. Right. A room full of famous people okay. in Manhattan. So I see Chevy yeah. Chase. An array. An array. An array. I love it. I love it. It's very old school. TV people. You know, the Oscars are movie people. Um, you know, SBs are sports people. This well, go to Globe is all people. array of everybody from every different. Shoulder to shoulder. This is everybody. Shoulder to shoulder. And there's so, Chevy Chase in the middle of the room. There's Chevy Chase. Just no, not in the middle. Like the at the bar. Is. At the bar. And I say, now's my chance. Oh After my seems like old times, foul play, spies like us, Fletch, Fletch, Vacations. Uh-huh. Vacation, vacation one. European vacation. vacation, Christmas vacation. Vegas vacation. Cops and Robertsons, nothing but trouble. Even the ones oh. people don't fuck with. Memoirs of an Invisible Caddyshack. Man. Caddyshack people. Caddyshack. Fuck with oh, Of course. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to go up to in Chevy Chase. It, was just a, it just popped into my head. So I go up to Chevy Chase and I'm thinking, what am I going to say? Because we know he's a dick. Everyone says he's a dick. So what's my line? Okay? 
I go, Chevy, I'm DJ Cassidy. You're my favorite actor of all time. I even love Cops and Robertsons. Thinking he might laugh. Laugh, It was a bomb of a movie. Like the worst movie he ever made. He's a good sport about it. I swear to you, he didn't say anything. He kind of just turned away. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, hold on. But for those who know me, and we can talk about this in context of past the mic or anything, I don't know what no means. Right. O'Neill knows this. I don't. I don't hear that. So do you turn and walk around him to his eye? Totally. Line? So so I change position and I go right. and I go. I really want to take a picture with you. And the next thing you know, I'm taking a selfie. I have the picture. He walks away. No, no, no. I have the picture, and he's looking dead at the camera. So I got the picture. It was the biggest asshole. Cuts it three years later. I'm at some event here in LA, and I'm forgetting what it is. I think it's a charity event for the environment. Yeah, it's that pre-Oscar shit they do on Vine. Yes, I know. I saw him at one of those fucking (laughs) wacko parties. It was probably the same one. I mean, I don't use plastic straws, but fuck that party. (laughs) So Hollywood, Hollywood rock. Fuck that party, dude. That was one of those green ass parties. So now the line worked so well last time, right? It didn't. I used the same line, but I changed the movie. I go up to him and I go, Chevy. First of all, is it Chevy or Chevy? I think it's Chevy. Chevy. I think it's Chevy. Chevy. I think Chevy it's Chase. Chevy. Oh, I Chevy. Like Chevrolet. Chevy. Okay. So I go up to Chevy hey, and I go, Chevy, Chevy I'm right. DJ. First of all, I'm saying DJ Cassidy like he's going to care. I could just <laughs> right. say Cassidy I love it, though. I'm thinking about but, like using that as my introduction. Left. Hi, I'm Rob Weiss. Like as if they should know. That's what it sounds but, like. But, when you but, say but it. I figure you put the DJ in. I'm dressed crazy in one of my outfits. He has to think maybe you're someone cool or you know of some significance. Not that he's yeah, going to care whatsoever. Yeah, but your name whatsoever. could be DJ Cassidy. It could be Don Juan Cassidy. Uh, yeah, Donald John. Yeah. Donald John. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of DJs in the world Cassidy. who are an actual DJ. Hop along, Cassidy. So, so anyway. I'm DJ Cassidy. So anyway. that's your fucking name. Yeah. So right. the punchline's predictable. <laughs> Chevy, I'm DJ Cassidy. You're my favorite actor of all time. I love all your movies, even nothing but trouble. No laugh, no smirk. But this time I said, could we take a picture? And I gave the phone to a friend to take. Right. See, I wasn't doing it so fast. Right. I had a little more confidence. Now I'm like this. And then I'm like, but another one it. with flash. But he took it. He took the picture. Dude would have been sick if he looked at it and goes, dude, I told you to get the fuck away from me four years ago at the Plaza Hotel. <laughs> How did I told you that would have gotten my life. You, you would have been doing more the fuck. You know what You know what I'm going to do? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm going to do? If he would have said, not right now, nigga. Bro, this is Lee Tyson. Hey, now, that would have the sickest laugh I've had in a month. That was insane, dude. Now the tickets cut the level. Now he is not preparing for a role. <laughs> yeah, he's got. Everybody says he's kind of a dick. That guy. I, I, I grew God. up on all those movies too, he, he bro. He was always he foul was play. Always seems like old times. Charles Grodin just passed away. Mm-hmm. He was in Seems Like Old Times too. He was always like, my favorite. I have a, just a special affinity um, towards those movies. He was just as far back as I can yeah. remember. But he you know, was, these guys get I old, man. They get fucking bitter yeah, and disconnected yeah. <laughs> from fucking yeah. reality, yeah. man. That's why I don't fuck with most people, man. Yeah. I just don't give a shit. But I, I like them, you know. <laughs> Like, I'm not really a fan of that many people anymore, you know what I mean? I'm just like, I mean, I'm a fan of people, but I'm saying is I don't, like, really fan out on people. I respect them. I like their work. I like what they do. I'm interested in watching it, but... But I know how to separate them from the human that, you know, right. that, gotcha, gotcha. So is not the creation. So, JB, when is... You know when... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Oh, oh, I was going to say, you know when, like, <laughs> when, when, when you're in the industry, what tends to happen is, you know... Uh, I'm, I'm really surprised because 
normally when people see you in the same room as them, the same party, the same event, yeah. their guard goes down a right. level because right. somehow you you're in you're here. Right. Yeah. You're in yeah. this Absolutely. place where yeah. millions of people would not even make it through the front door. Right. When you most of the time when you're in the same room with people, their guard goes down. Hundred percent. They so know true. that the yeah. front door is being the, the 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 list of people who are invited is specific, right. and most of the time they let their guard down a little bit. So I was surprised that uh, you got that from Chevy. <laughs> no, I definitely got it from Chevy. But for those for those listening who want a moral of the story, my moral is to never not go up to someone. I hear all the, um, you know, the pros and the cons. I'm happy I went up to Chevy twice. I would do it again tonight. Still love him. Still love his movies. Everyone got their something. And to me, so much of my career has been based on forming relationships with people whom I admired. Right. And if I never went up to my heroes, I don't know what portion of my DJ career or any part of my career would exist and I'm grateful that so many of my heroes, particularly my hip-hop heroes, right. but so many of my heroes have been warm and have been gracious and have become my friends. Um, and I'll continue to do it. Yeah, it's smart. That's yeah. smart. That's smart advice. And now, now that we're podcasters, yeah, we might have to be more outgoing also. Yeah. Speaking, speaking like of podcasters. Like a month ago, a month ago, I, I didn't have to fucking talk to anybody. Now I got to be nice to everybody. You like, exactly. Hi, can you come on the show? But speaking of podcasters, JB, I just saw O'Neill sent it to me, the trailer for your new podcast show as well. He just sent it to me a couple of days oh, ago. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We are, we, um, we are through uh, Team Coco. Nice. Uh, Colonel Brian. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's called May I Elaborate. It is absolutely uh, the most fun. You know, these guys know me very well, so they know, you know, even when I'm joking, I'm trying to give something to people, uh, a take home with you kind of thing, right. feel to it. Right. And and that's in my normal life, you know, and, and we, you know, we, we, my wife and I, we're the party couple, man. We do RV parties. We oh, do man, New Year's best. parties. That's we best. do, you know, my 50th is still... I think my 50th set the bar. I oh, still uh, say uh, the bar is set. Yo, JB, I, 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 I got to say something. JB's 50th party at the SLS, mm-hmm. I, DJ Cassidy spending, spending. Yeah. I can only, I was on stage with a mic in my hand, standing beside JB and Larry David, and <laughs> it was Everybody was at this fucking party. When I tell That's you, sick. it was it was big, and, and his RV. Every I'm sorry, I, you know it, today's thing is making me realize there's a lot of shit I don't get invited. To. <laughs> no, that's what that's today's today's podcast. Let me just set the right, stage right. for this party. So, I DJ JB's fiftieth birthday. Let's say the party was called for eight p.m. I don't remember. At ten p.m., he's still not there. So I'm getting the vibes going. There are some people on the dance floor. The energy is building. The first person at the party was Larry David. Literally the first person. Yeah, no, because that's his thing. Because that means he gets well, to O'Neal, O'Neal gets Walk everywhere around. 30 minutes early. But, but so I was obviously the first person. I had to set it off. I DJed the whole thing for JB. The first guest of the party was Larry David. Yeah. And kind yeah, of. But how aw- long did he stay? So hold on. Kind of awkwardly hanging out at the bar. With no date, male or female, yeah. no one. Yeah. Came Nobody. alone. I actually saw him walk in the room alone and literally standing at the bar, kind of like yeah. with a what's going on yeah, here yeah, kind yeah. of vibe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So 10 p.m., about two hours in, 
you know, the birthday boy makes his grand entrance. Larry walks up to me and says, can I have a mic? Now, I have my mic that goes to my rig. Right. I go, my, <laughs> I happen to have a wireless because I anticipated something. I had two wires. Right. <laughs> so I give Larry a wireless. I don't know how JB ends up with the second one, but he has one. So Larry comes up to me. I give him a wireless. And the two of them end up standing on a banquette doing a whole bit. And Larry started the whole bit. A whole show. What's Larry saying? Hey, look who showed up. So he gets on. Look who showed up to his own party. (laughs) Who comes two hours late to his own party? Hey, you guys want to know the background. So, you know, we had a party planner. So what happened was I had a room in the hotel. And what happened was Larry, I'm getting dressed, right? Larry calls my room. He calls my room and says, I said, who's this? It's, it's Larry. I said, I said, hey, man, you coming? I'm, I'm downstairs. I said, Larry. I said, Larry, wait a minute. Larry, you already downstairs? I said, Larry, you are so early. I said, you know, what are you doing? Why, why aren't you down here? I said, Larry, why would I? Why would I be at my party, the first waiting for people to walk in the and door? And this is not the show. This is real life. By myself, I said, why would I be the first one at my party, sitting here waiting for people to come downstairs? And if I was down there, it would be me and you standing there waiting for people to come in the front door. I said, I got a party planner who's going to let me know when the when the party is right. She's going to talk to talk to Cassidy, make sure he has my intro music. I'm going to make a grand entrance. I'm the birthday boy. Why would I be that that damn early? Right? And he said, oh, okay, I'm down here waiting. Then he hangs the phone up. And then. Wait, don't you love how he called the room? Everything that it's happened hysterical. that Cassie said happened. But, but Larry knew I was coming eventually. So he must have talked to Cassidy, <laughs> got what he needed. When we walked in the door, right? So we had two videos. One video was um, uh, uh, my, my, my um, buddy, he did a. Uh, Barack Obama impersonation, right? Wish me happy birthday on a video. And then I had Michael Buffer do my main intro. That's awesome. A video of Michael Buffer. You know what I mean? He's a birthday boy. (laughs) You know, the full thing, right? My wife, Shauna, walk in the party through the curtain, right? Larry is on our coattail, walking behind us with a with the mic, with the microphone in his hand, walking behind us. I'm saying, what the hell is going on? Larry follows us all the way onto the stage and made a spectacle. Like, where have you been? What? Where have you been at? Why are you so late? And, and Cassie, correct. It turned into a straight ass. And, and only I'll tell you, it turned into a spectacle. He couldn't believe I was this late. For my own damn party. He couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe it. That's terrible, man. the funniest thing I've ever heard. So when when is the new season dropping? So, 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 yeah. So, so that being said, it just says that we, you know, we love doing this kind of stuff. And what happened was, um, you know, being being on Conan O'Brien's show so many times, even from when I was at SNL, as a writer, I would do Conan O'Brien. I did Conan O'Brien 11 times while I was working as a writer, you know, at SNL, going downstairs. When he was at NBC. Mm-hmm. So when I came out here, I've done this show probably 10, 11 times out here just as a guest. Right. And one day we had so much fun, me giving him some life lessons, that he called me up and said, man, you got to do this on a podcast. I said, let's do it. So we, 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 we did this podcast called May I Elaborate. It's daily wisdom from J.B. Smooth. So I take these positive affirmations 
from the Zen books, from those daily calendars. Uh, and, and what happened is we just opened them up because people read them all the time, but they don't know what they mean all the time. Right. So what we did was we took it, we took that and made it a show, and it's a daily. Uh, we're on Monday through Friday. Uh, we we record uh, all our episodes like five at a time, nice. one day a week, and we just air them. And right now, man, we we are doing excellent, man. Um, and we got some guests coming up, some great guests. We just had Keenan. We're gonna have Jay Farrell come up. We got a nice. bunch of guests nice. coming up. Is and, um, Chase it is the all? most fun you can oh, have. It's a fifteen minute mm-hmm. show, fifteen minute oh, show 15 because minute it's show. a daily. Okay. Yeah, but it's the most fun you can have because we're really. Uh, and it's called May I Elaborate for a reason because I go sideways, I go left, I go right, <laughs> I go left again. And but then we wrap it up with this amazing, you know, affirmation and to, to really give you something concrete to build your life on and to respect people, enjoy your journey, live your life, don't be caught up in the bullshit. And, and we, we, we keep it real, we keep it 100. I'm cussing, I'm giving it to you the way you need to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people need to hear it in that form to right. get it sometimes. And um, I can only do it the way JB Smoke can do it. It's myself and my partner, Miles. And um, we make the one-two punch, man, because Miles is so he, – he, he grounds me in a, in a way. So right. when, when I go left, he tells people, uh, that's not a good idea. You know, he'll, <laughs> he'll pull it back in. So very fun show, man. Uh, may I elaborate, man. It's on Spotify. Nice. It's on Apple. It's everywhere you listen to your podcast, man. It's so damn fun. Uh, yeah, we have a good time doing it. Amazing. Nice, nice. Amazing. Oh, and when's, yeah, the, when's the new season of Curb coming out? Because I know everyone yeah, I was, in the world yeah, exactly. is waiting and I want to know. I got, I got people <laughs> well, asking. We, when I told people that we were, were sitting down with you today, I had every single person said, that's amazing. When does the new season of Curb start? Everybody's know, waiting. Yeah. Everybody's waiting. We finished taping two months ago, so I, I don't know when we're going to exactly come out. HBO let us know, but... It is absolutely an amazing season as usual. Yes. Um, you know, this guy, this guy's a genius, man. He finds a way to, you know, uh, attach his sensibilities to the inner workings of the world, man. So, you know, it's, it's never a dull moment, man. Always so fun, man. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. I can't, I can't, I, I feel bad when I can't tell people anything, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just know, you know, what the script is and you know what it is i can't wait you, you already know what larry is yeah yeah man he finds a way to, to to attach himself to you know the rhythm of of what's going on in the right. world man and it's it's so goddamn fun and so funny i can't wait for everybody to see this uh, season 11 premiere enthusiasm. Nice, i can't nice, wait nice. i can't and, wait and jb you know every guest on the show we ask them to donate something a hat sunglasses something so we're going to be yes. hitting you up. We need something from you. Uh, uh, we, we're going to put it on the Macari site. Uh, we're excited. We want something from you as well, Cassie. So it can be a boulder hat. Yeah, that, Macari, a, Macari's a our title got sponsor. It. Yeah. I got, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to donate a, uh, a lampin' hat, lampin' yeah, t-shirt. Lampin'. Yeah, lampin'. Like, My favorite oh, curb term of all time. Lampin'. lampin'. I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. I'm going to sign it up. We're going to make sure we donate yeah, that. All and make proceeds go to the Children's Hospital. Yes. Yes. You know it. I got you, yeah. man. Thank you so and much. That's my first love anyway. So, you yes, know, sir. being a big part of the Boys and Girls Club and anti-bullying campaigns and, and children's health is big, big for me. So this is a plus to be a part of the Craze Show. Thank you, brother. It means, it means it. the world to us that you took time to hang out with us today. Appreciate yeah, you, my man. We can't wait for the new season of Curb. We're going to yes. go and watch. May I elaborate? And we Ooh. hope to get you on pretty soon again. This time you got to come hang out with us in person yes. so we can laugh. Yes. Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be that one. I'm not going to be the guy to 
remind these two they're supposed to come on my house and have wine by the fire pit yeah. and watch a movie in the backyard. But I'm going to extend that extend that invite to you two guys. Oh, too, oh, thank you. Yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he still won't invite us. Yeah, no, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. That's bullshit. <laughs> hey, bullshit. hey, the pool is at, I the pool is at 95 <laughs> degrees on a regular – <laughs> so, so we can dive in. Or what, what are we gonna do? Smoke cigars, man. Awesome, and, uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just break and, and break it down. Break life down, man. And just uh, make sure we find a way to stay grounded and um, and keep progressing and, and staying healthy, man. And all that good stuff. Yes, and putting good awesome, vibes man. out there. Yes, I appreciate sir. you guys awesome. having. Me. Thank you, Jay. And, and these like two guys are my love up. already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Amazing. Thank you so much, yeah, Jay, for taking the time. Thank you so much, Cassidy. You guys are amazing. Yeah, we got. I feel like what are we gonna do? We got to do separate send offs now. You know, well, we're doing I mean? separate we send offs. Well, you can't like give JB like a whole five minute like, oh, we love you, thank you so much. And you like, say bye, Cassidy. Like, bye, Cassidy. Bye, Cassidy. <laughs> like I'm like, how do we say goodbye? You say, you're, you're like, like, we've been, yo, I've been, we've been, been this guy. This guy. This guy is together. This fucking vibe for the show, Cass. I was thinking that I didn't want to voice it. I appreciate you. Okay, bro. Not right now, nigga. That's what I was going to say. Yo. I mean, <laughs> JB, we love you. Thank you, JB. Thank you, man. Peace. Peace.